Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. For God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, for as a father has mercy upon his children, so the Lord has mercy upon those who fear him. And as a mother comforts her child, so the Lord will comfort you. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Those who believe in me, though they were dead, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Praise be to God. Let us worship God. Let us pray. Eternal God, your love for us is everlasting, and you alone can turn the shadow of death into the brightness of the morning light. Help us to turn to you with reverent and believing hearts. In the stillness of this hour, speak to us of eternal things, so that hearing the promises of Scripture, we may have hope and be lifted above our darkness and distress 
into the light and peace of your presence through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We gather this morning for several reasons. We are here, first of all, to express our sorrow. It was Phyllis Brooks who once said, we do not want to lose our grief because our grief is bound up with our love and we cannot cease to mourn without being robbed of our affections. So we are here to express our sorrow, one who has filled our lives and has filled the world with his life has now suddenly departed and he leaves behind a big space and we mourn that space, we mourn uh, his absence. And so we're here to in part express our sorrow for that. We're also here to receive comfort. We are gathered together as family and friends. Many of you had the opportunity to greet the family last evening. And we are here together uh, as common travelers with David in his journey of life. And we are here as uh, ones who express the same gratitude for the ways that he touched our lives. And so we receive comfort from each other and we receive comfort from the presence of the Holy Spirit who is in our midst. We're also here to give thanks. We are here to give thanks for the good and gracious gifts that come from God and especially the gift of life and especially the gift of this very special and unique life, this man who graced our community, who touched us in so many different ways through his practice, through his friendship, through his being a father, through his uh, walking with us on the golf course, all the different ways by which he has touched our lives. And we give thanks to God for God giving us this great and precious gift in David. And then perhaps most importantly, we are here to rejoice. We are here to rejoice in the fact that in Jesus Christ, we are assured of life everlasting. We rejoice to know that life does not end with death, but that in Jesus Christ, we are assured of life eternal. And so we rejoice today to know that our dear friend David has gone to discover that peace which passes all understanding, to receive the voice of the one who receives him into his heavenly reward saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So we rejoice ultimately in this time of being together. So let us turn to the hearing of God's word as through scripture we are reminded of God's faithfulness, we might sense God's comfort and that we might be assured again of life eternal. These words that come to us from the book of Psalms, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then these words from the book of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, 
a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Again, have the workers from their toil, I've seen the business that God has given everyone to be busy with and he has made everything suitable for its time. And then these words from the New Testament, Jesus' words before, night before his own death when he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, and that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. These things I have spoken to you. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. And then finally these words from the book of Revelation, this great picture of the heavenly city. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with people and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore the former things have passed away and he who sat upon the throne said behold I make all things new may the Lord bless to us an understanding of this his holy word I'd like now to invite Justin Bowles and Tolly Bowles to come forward to share some memories of their father and brother Thank you all so much who are here and also watching remotely. As a lot of you know, my dad and I were best friends. I pretty much saw him every day uh, with his dog bow at my house. He was often waiting there uh, when Kelly or I would come home from work or when his grandson Alex would come home from school. He was like a, a permanent fixture in our life. We had so much fun together. 
always laughing and carrying on. Now he's gone and it leaves a big missing space. You all have the same feeling, I'm certain of it. He was like that to so many of us because he was always there for you. He made such an effort to make people that were new to the community or new to the country club or new to his golf group or new to his staff feel like they were accepted and respected. He had no regard for your appearance, your status, your race. There was not one bit of that in him. He just had that big smile and you knew you wanted to, that he, you knew he wanted to be there for you and make you feel comfortable and appreciated. I've heard this from so many people for years about my dad. He focused his work as a children's dentist on treating the kids that were less fortunate. He worked with Down syndrome children and kids with autism. He did a job that a lot of dentists would shy away from, but he loved it. He loved it so much he kept doing it even though he didn't have to. And at 73, there was no sign he had any intention of ever stopping. That shows his true character, and it shows the intensity and the love for life that this man had. If you knew him, you did know how intense he was, how hard it was to slow him down or get him to sit still. In everything he did, he went all in. With cars, every dealership in town loved to see him coming. I've seen my parents' driveway have six cars in it with only two people able to drive them. I used to ask him and say, you know, you can only drive one at a time, you know, and uh, why do you need so many? And it would just, it would just make him buy more. <laughs> it's just the way he was. Uh, as you all could also know, needless to say, the restaurant industry in Sarasota and the surrounding area is about to feel a serious drop in demand from not having my dad as part of their regular clientele. From Parrish to Allenton, Arcadia to Cortez, Sarasota to Pine Island, the service industry is going to feel this one. They're going to miss his happy face walking in regularly. He kept everybody well fed, let's put it that way. When it was scuba diving and underwater photography, he took countless pictures. And this is in the time of film, and he literally went through mountains of it. As a family, we're all divers. We're constantly in the water. I remember looking up at dive boats from 40 feet down, and you could see like 10 lines hanging off the boat with strobes and housings and camera bodies and everything. It looked like some surreal underwater yard sale, all the stuff that he had. We still have hundreds, literally hundreds, of framed underwater photos that are stacked in rows at our house. Then my mom, since a young girl, she was a lover of horses, so she decided to get a horse. And then my dad got a horse, and then they took some riding lessons together. And then he bought a place in Franklin, North Carolina, where the other half of my family lives. There he built a barn, and then another barn, and then another barn, and then an arena, and then had a breeding operation, and then there are 50 to 60 horses. Tar Heel Farms is still there today because of him, but it's nothing like it was back then. And then it was golf. 
He returned to his first real passion, and many of you know him from Laurel Oak and from his years of being there. He was a permanent fixture there like he was at my house. He was carefree, he was always smiling, always getting in trouble for parking too close to the green, driving too fast, taking the cart where it was never intended to go. He was kicking your eight-foot putt back to you and calling it a gimme, even though you were playing for money. All the while, he was a fantastic golfer. I learned to play with him, so of course that meant you had to play fast. No practice swings. When I mean fast, like 18 holes in an hour and 45 minutes fast. We actually could pull that off. Since I could never hit my drive as far as him, I'd have to go grab two or three clubs before I got back into the, the cart at the tee box. On a typical par four, I would pull a six, a seven, and an eight iron out with my driver before I hit my tee shot. When we got to my ball, the cart didn't stop. I jumped out as he kept driving and my ball was often mischievously run over in the process. Sometimes I just fell flat on my butt. Needless to say, I learned to play with a ton of distraction and it never bothered me, I always laughed at it. I also knew how to throw him off, take practice swings, slow down, grab the wrong club. He still beat me, but we always had fun. I can say looking back that he packed so much into life. I mean, he never stopped moving. One reason he was so important to so many people is because the guy never sat still. We got to see a lot of them, we just didn't get to see a lot of them in one sitting. As I've already said, my dad and I were the very best of friends. We got after it. There isn't a thing I can say that I wish we would have done because we did it. I told him in the ICU, by name, all the people uh, that were praying for him, that were talking to my family, that were calling, wishing for him to pull through it. But he had come to the end of this life and he knew it. I knew it too when I saw him that last day. He wasn't physically able to know that I was there. But he was definitely watching over me. And he's watching over all of us right now too. He wants you all to know that he loves you that he wants you to live well and embrace the time you have, especially with the people around you, just like he did. You all, all of you meant so much to him. He wants you to remember him that way. Thank you so much for honoring him. I know my brother would be humbled 
to see you. He and I were similar in some ways, but we were different. It's not bad, but we were different. And people that knew him and knew me would understand. They would say, yeah, you're right. You got to remember that I was the uh, little brother. Three years younger. You know how it is when you grow up. You got a brother 15 and you're 12. My job was to bug him, get under his skin, irritate him. We'd get in scuffles. And he, I would tag along and he'd have to take me. You know, so that's where it was. Now, even growing up, I said, you know, I don't think he likes me. You know, as a little kid, then one summer, we always went to summer camp, Boy Scouts. And uh, we were in Troop 57, it was Troop 28 in Venice. And we went for four or five years. And we never had, we were told that the two Venice troops couldn't go at the same time. They didn't want any friction or animosity or competition. Uh, but one year, we did. Troop 28 went the same time as 57. And uh, being as mischievous as we were, we slept in tents. They slept in cabins. We figured they're not really camping. They're in a cabin. We were in tents, you know. We always figured they didn't want to go to summer camp with us because we always won the swim meet. My brother was a good swimmer. We had good athletes. But we were there together. And I'm like 12 or 13. He's 15 or 16. And we do, we raid Troop 28's camp through litter, dirt clods, messed it up. Because you get inspected every day and you get little flags at Boy Scout camp for cleanliness and orderly. But we were the renegades and we came and did that. There was a pine log sitting beside me. I picked it up and threw it on top of the, of the um, cabin. Made a great big noise. I looked and this guy was looking at me through the window, saw me throw it. He came out the door, the log rolled off, almost hit him. He looked at me and he made a straight beeline for me. He's the same age as my brother. He's a big guy, he's bigger than my brother. And I did what any little brother does. I just froze like a deer in the headlights. And he's coming at me. You know, he almost got to me. And my, my brother stepped in, tackled him. <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, defended me, intercepted him, got the big fist fight. He beat the tar out of the guy. He did. It lasted two or three minutes. We got up, or he got up, I'm watching, and uh, we start walking back to camp. 
and we get about halfway there, he stopped and turned around and looked at me. I thought, oh, he's going to say something compassionate or brotherly to me, you know? Poked me in the chest. He said, big boy, you owe me a new camp t-shirt. This one's got blood on it and it's ripped. So there went my spending money. Got him a t-shirt next day. Like I said, and I said, you know, maybe the guy does like me, you know? I said before that we were similar, but we were different. He was in the dental practice. I was in education. I always thought in education I was doing a variety of things that were important, and it took a long time to figure out what was important to me. In the last uh, week, I thought of my brother. And that's where we're similar. I liked helping other people. He, he liked helping other people. As I reflect on myself every day, I'm either given to people or I'm taken from people. You're either a giver or you're a taker. And when it gets out of balance, you gotta make sure you're given more than you're taken. He was a giver. He gave, he didn't take from you. He didn't give you money, objects, material things. He gave himself. He's a giver. And that's the mark of a good man. Thank you. Thank you, Justin and Tolly, for this great, great memories. One more text from the New Testament. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver my body to be sacrificed, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful, it is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Some people have hearts that encompass the world. Some people have hearts that are incredible vessels of the love that the Apostle Paul speaks about, the 
love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And our dear friend David had uh, a heart and a love that encompassed the world. To encompass the world of a child sitting in a dentist chair, maybe a special needs child who doesn't understand why he's there, a heart to envelop that child. A world that included other cultures as he loved to travel and find the wonderful diversity that existed in this world and to experience it and to take it in and to soak it up and to learn from it. As Justin mentioned, the world of underwater and taking his photography down below the sea surface to discover a whole nother world and to capture it and to share it with us. The world of horses, the world of cars, the world of golf and the companionship he enjoyed and the wonderful camaraderie that was found on a golf course. Of course, the world of family and all the people he loved within his family and and the opportunity he had to be able to share his gifts with them, the world of friends that he was able to, with his type A personality, reach out and touch in so many different ways to include us in his great view of life. The world of this country, serving our country in the armed services. We are grateful, oh, that we have had the opportunity to intersect with a man who perhaps opened up the big world to us and gave us the opportunity to experience it through him and sometimes along with him as he sought to share his great big heart of love with those that came his way. We um, shared a bond in both being preacher's kids along with Tolly and Preacher's kids uh, can have a reputation of being rascals, and I would guess that uh, David and Tolly and would find themselves in that same category, including staying home from church one morning and painting the, the lawnmower baby blue while his father was at work. Um, and uh, his father, of course, was the pastor down at the Venice Presbyterian Church, and at that point in time was a drive-through church uh, drive-in church, I should say, and uh, which meant that you could uh, uh, arrive and be present in all sorts of garb, and for David that would sometimes mean uh, just simply a shirt and a bathing suit uh, so that he could make his way to the beach and enjoy the rest of the day. So, um, so we're rascals in some sense, but that's just another example of the ways by which uh, David kind of seized life and sought to put as much into one day as possible and to uh, be uh, a unique creation of God. And so we are at that point when we say, um, when we say goodbye and we know that um, our dear friend has showed us a way of life showed us that the world can be a lot bigger than just ourselves. The world can be as big as we wish it to be with the love that can extend beyond ourselves to so many, many others. And perhaps that's the lesson for us all to take as we take our journeys forward, that we may look at the world in a different way 
and that we may see that it's our mission and purpose to be the vessel of that same love, that others may be touched in the same ways that they may know of this same God who has created us and who has received us back. Praise God from whom and to whom all blessings flow. Let us pray. O God, our Father, from whom we come and unto whom we return and in whom we live and move and have our being, we praise you for your good gift of life, for its wonder and mystery, its friendships and fellowships. We give thanks for the ties that bind us to each other and for your loving and patient dealings with us and for the meaning that lies hidden in the heart of sorrow and for your guiding hand along the way of our pilgrimage. We give thanks for this, your child, your servant, David, recalling all in him that made others love him. And we are grateful for the good and gracious influences in his home. And we thank you for the goodness and truth that have passed from his life into ours and have made the world richer for his presence. We bless your name for the revelation of yourself and of your love in our Lord Jesus Christ and for the hope set before us in the gospel. And we thank you that deep in the human heart is an unquenchable trust, that life does not end with death, but that the Father who made us will care for us beyond the bounds of vision, even as he cares for us here on this earth. And we praise your name for the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the source of our hope this day and all days. And we pray for the comfort of your presence and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Renew within us the gifts of faith, patience, and enduring love, and as we step out upon the world, may we sense that though we've lost one whom we've loved, we've not lost you. And that as you have received this your child, so too will you receive us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
Following the benediction, I will be greeting the family and then leading the casket out to the end of the center aisle and through the narthex, and they will be following the casket behind, and then following that, you will be invited to um, exit as well and greet the family. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore, world without end and life without end. Amen. Mm -hmm.